Would you stand and sing with us? God, we thank you for this day. 
we thank you for this opportunity to come together again to worship you. Um, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today um, so that we can focus on your word and receive the message prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>
please turn and greet your neighbors. I'm I'm Erin Knight. I'm the Director of Children and Family Ministries here at Memorial. And um, Pastor Joe is out of town today, so I'm going to handle the announcements. Um, first of all, if you have prayer concerns, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers will bring you a card, and we can make sure we consider those in our prayers later today. Uh, we practice radical hospitality. One way we can do that is by parking across the street in the grassy parking lot so that visitors and those who need a closer spot can use this lot right here. So I appreciate everyone who could do that. Um, we are using constant contact as our communication. You've heard this for weeks now. Um, we have a 60% open rate and a 30% click rate. That's actually pretty good. Um, but if you are not receiving them, it may be because they will go to your promotions folder if you are a Gmail user um, or may go to a spam folder if you use another service. So let us know if you're having any troubles getting those announcements because it is becoming one of our primary ways of communicating with you all. Uh, we practice intentional faith development here. Um, that will um, have three different components today. Um, the women's Bible study um, that is starting tonight will uh, meet at 515 in the bridal suite. Um, also, there is, I just realized this one is written for last week. Sorry, I'm, I'm revising in my mind. <laughs> um, also, tonight, the children and youth will be meeting at 5 o'clock, and um, the adult Bible study will meet, and the time is not here because, again, I was, I'm reading last week's announcements. Forgive me. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, that you can now practice extravagant generosity through online giving. You've heard this in several weeks past, but uh, let us know if you have any questions about that. It can simplify your giving for you and um, bring in a steady revenue stream for the church so we can all support. Uh, thank you for bearing with me as I realized that this had not been updated, but um, I hope that if there are any other announcements, we can share those with you at a later time. Hi, my name is Dennis Lee, and as Aaron indicated, Joe is out of town for the weekend. Um, it's good to be here with you and to worship with you. Let's now go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we have come today to worship you and to praise you. Only you are righteous. You are the source of all that's good and true and beautiful. Accept our thanksgiving for your saving love and for the relationship we can have with you through Christ. We do come today to pray for those in need of care. 
We pray for those who are going through difficult times, for those who may be sick, for those who are depressed or anxious. We pray for those who are unemployed or underemployed or also for those who are in danger from the elements of nature or stand in the way where there is violence or warfare. And we pray for the special needs today for Dennis and Carl Smith, for Jamie Thomas, for Tony Gillespie, praying for our sister-in-law with Alzheimer's. We pray for those who are grieving for whatever reason, for whatever the loss may be, and ask that you would give them your divine comfort and for all others that you might heal them, protect them, encourage them according to their need. We also pray for ourselves that you would free us from any burdens that we have brought here today. Use us as your ambassadors in the week ahead. Show us the right thing to do, whether at work or at home or at school or in the community. Help us to bear a faithful witness to the good news of your love. We make this prayer in the name of Christ our Lord, who taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture text for the day, the foundation for the sermon, is found in the book of Acts of the Apostles. I'm going to be reading in chapter 16, beginning at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. 
the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Men, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And the whole family was filled with joy because they had come to believe in God. I want to emphasize verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is a question. What's on your inscription rock? Now, I acknowledge that that's uh, an odd question. Actually, I should have given it a little longer title and um, more specific, so that would be what names are on your inscription rock. And by the end of my sermon, I hope and I feel sure that you will have some answers to that question. You've probably seen in the media that the National Park Service turned 100 years old a couple weeks ago, back on August the 25th. This year's centennial has been widely um, publicized and celebrated. There are a number of people I know, and perhaps you do too, who have visited the parks over the summer, especially the ones out west. There's one park in particular that is the center of today's thoughts that we'll have together. It's the El Moro National Park in New Mexico. I first learned about that park some 40 years ago from the then chaplain of Furman University, L.D. Johnson. Back then, L.D. wrote a column each Sunday in the area newspaper. Back then it was called the Greenville News Piedmont. And I'm taking an idea from one of his columns and adapting it in a way that I hope will speak to you today. It was from Carlisle Marney, who himself was a distinguished Baptist pastor back in the 1970s, um, who, well, L.D. learned from Carlisle Marney about something that he had never heard before. It's a natural um, feature out west called inscription rock. L.D. related in his newspaper column that inscription rock is a large surface 
on a sandstone rock formation called El Moro. The same El Moro I just referred to earlier that's now a national park. At this location in that hilly mountainous area there's a pass that you can go through and get to Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and the Northwest. Early on, the Native Americans in that area had etched drawings on the side of that rock. By the 1500s, Spaniards were exploring the Southwest and they were using the pass. And then whenever soldiers or later prospectors or trappers came by, they would cut into the wall of that inscription rock their name, the date, and an old Spanish expression, paso por aquí, which means I passed through here. And though they may never be heard of again, those individuals on such and such a date had passed through there, leaving their mark on the face of the rock. L.D. noted in his column that, in a sense, each one of us has his or her own inscription rock. On it are inscribed the names and even perhaps the dates that tell the story of the people who have passed through our lives. People who have left their mark on us. L.D. wrote that it can be inspiring uh, to reflect on your own rock. And I agree. Therefore, I'm going to ask you to do something that you may have never heard from a lectern like this and may never hear again. While I'm speaking for the next several minutes, I encourage you to let your mind wander. I know that's a strange request, and I doubt I'll ever suggest it again, and by all means, don't do it when Joe comes back next Sunday. But today it's okay. I'm going to share with you some of the names and information on my inscription rock. And naturally it's going to be personal, but I'm going to do it in the hope that it will spur you, spur you to reflect on your own rock. So let me start. I'll begin with my parents' names. They are etched deeply on my rock. My father was a United Methodist minister. My mother was a housewife. They raised us three children in a home where, above all else, we knew that we were loved. My grandmother, Lee, left her name on my rock. She began living with my parents before I was born, and she lived there until she died and by that time I was 23 years old. She taught me a great deal, a great deal about the love of family, about trusting in God, 
taught me a lot about aging. Actually, there are family names all over my rock. There's my older brother and younger sister with whom I grew up and played and fought. And there was a particular aunt in whose home I stayed occasionally because I enjoyed being with my first cousin. And even though I was young, I was aware that this aunt of mine had endured a lot of heartbreak. But through it all, she was incredibly patient and kind and loving, a rather remarkable spirit. As you might imagine, etched deeply on my rock are the names of our three children and their spouses and our seven grandchildren. And etched deepest of all is the name Marsha. Several teachers are named on my rock. There's Miss Patterson. Um, my piano teacher in elementary school. She was kind of of the old school. She was tough and she demanded excellence and uh, she may have received my respect but she didn't receive my love. Um, there are public school teachers. Ones that I remember with gratitude who gave me a lifelong um, love for learning, teachers like Miss Hamilton, Miss Tompkins, and many others. In the early years, some preachers wrote their names on my rock. Of course, there was that my father, of whom I've already mentioned, but there were other ministers, ones who were often guests in our home, bishops and district superintendents and evangelists and pastors, a couple of them made huge impressions on me, ones like um, Bryce Herbert and the missionary Will Rogers. Then during my college days, the name of Porter Anderson Jr. became firmly etched on my rock. While at Walford, I did a one-month internship with Porter, and when he preached, he excited my mind as well as my heart. In him, I saw piety and social action uniquely combined. By that time, I was headed to seminary for ministerial training, and Porter was one of my role models. The names of people in churches where I grew up are inscribed on my rock. I think of Leon Matthews in the St. John's Church in Batesburg. And Paul Bridges, a member of the Francis Asbury Church uh, in Greenville. Both of them encouraged me greatly, one in high school and the other one in college. Uh, encouraged me in a way that I'll never forget. After I became a pastor, members in churches that I served wrote their names on my rock, and there are many, many, many of them.
people like Carolyn Clamp and Doug Chapman and Barry Warner and whole book uh, Platts, just to name a few. Let me add that on my inscription right there are the names of some people, many of them, that I have never met. I know many of them through their writings. The most significant one, perhaps, in the 20th century was Leslie D. Weatherhead. He had a profound influence on my beliefs and understanding about Christianity, but also about my feelings of being a follower of Christ. But I have to go back even further than the 20th century. I must go back to some of the biblical writers. They left, or have left, and continue to leave their mark on me. If I were to choose some, I would say, from the Old Testament, there's Amos. And the New Testament, there's Luke, who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. It seems like I've already given a lot of names, shared them with you, but there are so many more. There are friends, there are Sunday school teachers, there are national figures, there are international figures. And when, when I think about it, it's amazing how rich my life has been. An astounding number of people have passed through my life and had an impact. And the number of people keep coming. People like you. And I'm extremely grateful. Before leaving this image of an, in, uh, of an ins inscription rock, let me note one other thing that I think is significant for us Christians. I've mentioned some of the people who have passed through my life but I also wonder about the lives that I've passed through. Where has my name been written? Where has yours? And when people read that name on their own personal inscription rock, what do they remember? How do they feel? Let me close by returning to the scripture passage that I read earlier. Paul and Silas had been thrown into prison for preaching about Jesus and healing a woman that her employer did not want to be healed. And even though Paul and Silas had received a harsh beating, the two of them spent their hours in jail praying and singing hymns. Writing about it later, the author of Acts added uh, the following intriguing words. These are words in that 25th verse. And the prisoners were listening to them. Isn't that a strange little detail to add to this whole story? Paul and Silas were singing hymns and praying, and there was an audience. Others around them were listening. 
Somebody is listening to you and listening to me. And somebody is watching what we do. We will have an impact on others. The question is, what will that impact be? I hope it will be a good one. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have called us to follow Christ, to follow His way. Help us to do so faithfully. Help us to love others as we love ourselves. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We come now to the affirmation of faith. May we stand? We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. Amen. You may be seated. It's now time for us to receive our tithes and offerings. How many
Please stand and sing this next one with us. to bless us and sustain us. So let us go in that knowledge. Amen.
great week.